Welcome to the Hardwood Hogs Podcast, the the Sweet 16 Hardwood Hogs Podcast. The Arkansas Razorbacks are in the Sweet 16. They're going to take on the four-seed UConn Huskies. And to get there, they had to beat Kansas. And what a game it was. It was it was so much fun to watch. Like that that's one of those basketball games where you know, win or whether or not your team wins or loses, you're just like, man, that was a great game. You know? Those those are the best games to watch and and luckily for the listeners of this podcast, the Arkansas Razorbacks won. Jackson Collier, how do you feel about the matchup with UConn? Cuz like in my head and after I always do like a deep dive on the stats and I look at it and then I I come up with an opinion of like if how I think Arkansas is going to do. I think that they can win this game. What do you think? So first off, I want to acknowledge the Kansas and Arkansas game because watching that is just, I mean, there there are a ton of great games during March Madness, obviously. It's March Madness for a reason. you got the best of the best going against each other. But, man, that was a really, really good game. That's got to be top five of the games that have been played so far this year. Maybe I'm biased. I don't know. The, the I mean, Arkansas came back from down 12, and then the whole ending of the, the stretch where it was back and forth and just two really good basketball teams. And, you know, you had coaches going back and forth with chess matches. And, you know, credit to Eric Musselman for kind of outcoaching uh, the assistant coach at Kansas since Bill Self wasn't there. And uh, on top of that, you just had absolute willpower from Devontae Davis and Ricky Council. They did not want to lose that game, and it showed, and so they didn't lose. As far as the UConn game goes, you know, it's a really interesting matchup for multiple reasons. UConn's a really good rebounding team. Uh, they shoot the three ball pretty well. They shoot above 36% as a team. They have a couple of really good sharpshooters. Um and I uh, even on our board back before the before selection Sunday, like probably in late February, um, I was looking at potential dark horses to make a run in the NCAA tournament before I knew UConn was even in Arkansas's bracket. And I chose UConn as my dark horse to make the final four. And I did that because I thought or at the time, I think it's still the same now that they were top 20 in Kim Palm offensive efficiency and defensive efficiency. And they shoot over 70 percent from the free throw line. Typically, that's the recipe to make a run in March, and that that's what they have. And so I chose them. Looking more closely at the matchup one-on-one, Arkansas versus Connecticut, you know, there are some things that UConn has that Arkansas might not necessarily have. I mean, across the board, the size is similar. They have both teams have big backcourts, uh, front court size is about the same. But what UConn has is an absolutely dominant post player in Adama Sanogo. Um, averaged like 17 and nine or something. He was first team all uh, Big East, uh, preseason Big East player of the year. He's just a really, he's a presence down low. And, you know, Arkansas at times has struggled. We saw it last year, more important, or mainly against Duke. And so Arkansas loaded the front court for this year. And even though it's been better, there have been times where they've struggled against the front court this season. So that'll be an interesting matchup to see, like how Arkansas can defend uh, Sonogo, try to take him away, take him out of the game. If, if, if Arkansas can do that, and if they can take him out of the game and make the rest of the Huskies beat them, then I think, I think Arkansas can win the game. Um, now, you give Eric Musselman almost a full week to prepare for a single opponent, 
I think it's a good chance that they can do that. I mean, he has size and physicality at his disposal this year. Kamadi Johnson has played really well in the NCAA tournament down the stretch. Makai Mitchell's played well in the NCAA tournament, too. So if you get really good, consistent minutes from uh, Kamadi Johnson and Makai Mitchell again, like you have the previous two games, I think you can remove Sonogo and Arkansas can win the game. All right. So we have a we have a lot to talk about because – we got to talk about, you know, you kind of just hit on a few things. We got to talk talk about roles for Arkansas because they definitely change and things have been weird. I mean, Nick Smith Jr. didn't score a single point in the win over Kansas. Like, who would have guessed that Arkansas could beat Kansas without Nick Smith Jr. scoring? Like, that was wild. Uh, we'll talk about that. But as far as this UConn team goes, the metrics for them, I mean, they – they they finished the season ranked eighth in the net, and that's the lowest that they they are. And if you look at you know ESPN uh, basketball power index, they're number six. Ken Palm, they're four. Torvik four. Sagarin five. I mean this this is a team that they're a four seed, but and explain this to me, Jackson, because th- this is kind of confusing to me. If if their metrics are so strong like this, you know, top ten, top five, and a lot of things, how is it that they got a four seed? So that can be to for numerous reasons. Um, you know, I don't have their resume pulled up right now. Uh, so the resume goes into all those metrics plus their quadrant wins and all that sort of stuff. So it could be that they don't have the same quality of quadrant wins as some other teams slash their strength of record or strength of schedule. Um, I know I was pretty high when I was doing my uh, bracketology on UConn. Uh, I think I had them around the three three line probably. Um, I think I had them higher than a lot of other bracketologists did um, throughout the the bracketology process as well. Um, but I, I was always pretty high on them too. And, you know, it depends on what the, the committee kind of views as, as their weighted averages and stuff because they, they take so many data points into account um, that they have to weigh it somehow. Um, but you know, you look at other teams who have those top tier metrics who are one seeds, like Kansas had something ridiculous, like 17 quad one wins. Um, Houston just decimated the competition no matter where it was. Like there are a bunch of different factors, but, um, I would have personally, I would have put UConn on the three line, um, instead of the four, but it is what it is. Okay. Um, Let's uh let's talk about this though. So in the in the win over Kansas, I mentioned Nick Smith Jr. Uh, you know, didn't score anything, but you, you talked about Kamani Johnson taking on a bigger role. And that's been interesting. I mean, it makes sense. It, it, you gotta get offensive rebounds. You have to be, you know, tough in the paint. You have to compete. And if, if anybody's gonna go down low and make it tough and just be a pest and 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 be that guy it's Kamani Johnson and he's really come along you know he's got the experience I think that it's great for Arkansas to be getting that out of him you mentioned Makai Mitchell but Jordan Walsh man he's been he's been the x factor in in this in these first two games against Illinois and Kansas um you know he's he's had the best plus minus in both games he was plus 22 uh in the in the win over Kansas and he had he had the tip to that that was a crazy story. He had he had the tip to Ricky Council, and for those who missed it, he explained that before the play. And this so you know context, Arkansas. So Ricky Council goes to the line, hits one shot, uh, puts Arkansas up by one, misses the second. Walsh goes puts a spin move, goes up, tips the ball, 
and it makes its way back to Council, who then drives the lane and draws another foul, hits two more free throws. Arkansas goes up by two with like 20 seconds left in the game. Or goes up by three, excuse me, with like 20 seconds left in the game. That was huge. And Jordan Walsh said that he asked Kamani Johnson before the play, you know, what should I do? And Kamani told him just to spin off of was it Jalen Wilson who he was on? Um, I think it was. And he said he said, just spin off of him, you'll get it. So it's like he's asking Kamani Johnson. Kamani Johnson tells him, I mean, Kamani Johnson, the offensive rebound king. Like, is there a better offensive rebounder? in this tournament Jackson I mean like it's hard to it's hard to know but like how is he so good how's he so good at offensive rebounding I mean offensive rebounding is super nuanced and it's something that you have to have a feel for like it's I mean you if you watch the the last dance with Michael Jordan you you see an interview with Dennis Rodman he's kind of trying to explain it and they splice up a bunch of these clips together where he's just and it came off as him kind of talking like a madman but honestly that kind of is what offensive rebounding is if you're good at it you just kind of have a feel for it and it's like everything is processed all at once like you can see the trajectory of how the ball is going to bounce off the rim or off the backboard before it's even there so then you start moving to try to get better position on your the guy who's boxing you out on, on your uh, defender and all this sort of stuff. And so it's like all happening all at once. And you're like picturing this and like maneuvering your body and stuff. So when, when Kamani said that to, to Walsh, I'm, I'm really picturing Kamani in his head. He's like, well, if council misses this, then I know how it's going to miss. Cause I've seen them miss in practice before. And I've seen him like, we've been teammates for so long that I know exactly where the ball is going to go if he misses it. So if you go right here, cause your defender is going to try to box you out here. If you go here, then your the ball is going to get like, that's probably what went through Kamani's head all right there. Uh, it's yeah, it's, it's insane. Offensive rebounding is really like, you can practice and practice and practice it, but you have to have a feel for it. And Kamani is one of those people who just has a feel for it because there is no reason that that an undersized five man should be so good at offensive rebounding, but he is. Uh, he had ten rebounds. I think six of them were offensive rebounds uh, against Kansas, and crucial, crucial put back and, and crucial extra possessions. Yeah, no, the the, the Kamani Johnson factor has been huge, and and then of course the the Jordan Walsh coming along you know this is this is kind of the Jordan Walsh it's not the he's not going to be the 20 point 20 point a night guy you know he's not going to be that type of McDonald's All-American where he's going to come out and and do that but what he has become is he's played his role as the glue guy as the guy who's going to dive on the on the floor for loose balls like he he just has a very very high motor and it's 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 all coming together for him right now but you can't we can't we can't go anywhere else without talking about Devo Davis, man. I mean, the way that he just turned it on in the second half uh, and took over the game, Arkansas doesn't win this game if Devo Davis doesn't do that. And that's, I mean, that's a a very obvious statement, but for him to do what he did in the second half was just nothing short of incredible. Uh, It's it's March Devo, man. That's all there is to it is that he just has a knack for playing really good basketball in the month of March. Uh, and of course, he's played good this year. But I mean, this is—I don't know, man. When he came to Arkansas, you, like you knew he was—he was a four-star. Uh, you know, he—he he was going to be good. But now you're looking at it, year three. He's the leader of this team, and he—he—he he, he has an incredible 
incredible second half to beat the the one seed Kansas. I mean, what more can you say about Debo Davis Jackson? There is not enough to say about Debo because you saw him in the post game. Uh, you know, he broke down. He was crying. He hugged Muss, and you know, <clears throat> it, it was a really emotional moment, and it was a really proud moment for the entire state of Arkansas and the fan base to see because Devo's the kind of player that, you know, this entire fan base has watched kind of grow up in Fayetteville now for three years. Um, they watched him grow up. Eric Musselman's first tournament run, you know, he kind of spearheaded some of the, the big plays to go on the first elite eight run it was a key piece last year. Now uh, he's the reason, the, like the main reason that they were able to make the sweet 16 this year, whether that was in the regular season, keeping the team afloat by putting them on, on his back at some points, really developing his three point shot and being a scoring guard for the first time, like the primary scoring option. Um, and then just taking the game over, he was hitting some shots that I really don't know how they went in. I mean, he was hitting some follow away, like he was dri- drive the lane, draw contact, start falling away from the basket, just put it high up off the glass and it would go in. Um, some reverse layups. I mean, he just carved through the paint. I don't know how he's getting there, and he just is. I mean, playing on a completely different level, complete will to win. And then and then Ricky Council as well. The the way that Ricky Council was able to uh, you know, kind of take things on on himself to pick it up a little bit when Devo fouled out. You know, if Ricky doesn't hit those free throws down the stretch, then Arkansas does not win that game as well. So you have two guys who uh, had really good, important, clutch second-half performances, and then you have the Nick Smith Jr. factor. And uh, it was disappointing that he didn't score, but I and he struggled in the first half a lot. And it was a big reason why he sat on the bench for most of the second half. But I do want to say when he came in after Devo Davis fouled out, uh, he came into the game for like the last two minutes and he played good defense. You know, he was, I think that he kind of redeemed himself with that last two minutes of defensive play. Uh, I think that was clutch. And you saw he was emotional in some post-game interviews uh, I think that a lot of that emotion, you know, of course his team just made it to the Sweet 16, but I think a lot of that emotion also had to do with the fact that maybe he felt like he let his guys down a little bit. You know, this is a guy who for most of his life, I'm assuming he's been the star player. If if his team has a big win, it's probably due to the fact that he had a really good game. And you look at this, Arkansas is their biggest win of the season over one seed Kansas. He doesn't score any points. And to be quite honest, when he was on the court, he wasn't really helping them that much. You know, that's got to be tough on a guy like Nick Smith Jr. Jackson. Yeah, it's got to be tough, but also it probably shows the the maturation and like the appreciation he has for his guys and for the team as a whole because he was sitting there like there are multiple uh, clips like live. You could see him. He was taking tough coaching willingly from Eric Musselman. He was cheering on his teammates from the bench, being a really good teammate. You're a five-star McDonald's All-American projected lottery pick. Uh, you know, we've seen guys this season criticize coaches for not playing them. Not, not at Arkansas, but criticize coaches for not playing them criticize coaching decisions, sit on the bench when they get subbed out after they're not playing well and kind of wallow. Nick didn't do that. You know, he he, he was cheering on his guys. He took the tough coaching, which Eric Musselman can really be a tough coach. We I think we all know that. So I think those – the things that he did in the game 
uh, like that to really show how mature he is and how much this means to him, where it's, it's fully a team thing for him. He wants the team to win. Um, so yeah, it's probably is tough that he wasn't a huge major part of that, uh, necessarily like in the stack column, but like you said, he was a major part in the last few minutes when he had to come in, because when you lose Devo Davis, who is the best, one of the best defenders on the team, I'm not going to say he's the best because Jordan Wall showed out, uh, in the tournament too. He's fantastic defender as well. Uh, they're both top tier, but Nick Smith came in and he absolutely locked down on defense. And I was super impressed with that. Uh, so he came in, he played a completely new role, uh, which was defend. And he, he did it really well. And Arkansas won because of that. I mean, Devo came out of the game and, you know, Arkansas trailed by one, I think at that point, or maybe three. And Arkansas ended up winning the game without Devo on the floor in part because Nick Smith was able to defend so well. And Ricky Council took the game over offensively. Yeah, and, and you mentioned Jordan Walsh's defense. Shout out to Jordan Walsh for basically calling his shot because he so he had the steal against Jalen Wilson. Like he was playing great defense against Jalen Wilson. Uh, this guy's Jalen Wilson's a junior, I believe, and he was the Big Twelve Player of the Year. I mean, this dude just went off against some teams this year. A really talented player, and Jordan Walsh for the most part locked him down. He he got a big steal that turned into a transition basket for Arkansas, and the. The thing is, is before the game, he talked about how he he knew a little bit about Jalen Wilson and Grady Dick, but he talked about how he had played against Jalen Wilson down in Texas, like they had just you know played some some games together. He had gone against him. He knew his game. He said, like before the game, he said, "I know a few things about Jalen Wilson and Grady Dick that maybe I can use that knowledge that I have about them to help our team." And not only did he probably used that knowledge to help Arkansas. He used it to help himself and he he made a big stop. That was just it was it was incredible from Jordan Walsh. I I, I really like that. The, those are things that maybe not the the average Joe picks up on. Uh, but you know as as people who cover the team like we're hearing these guys talk and you know it's it's so cool to hear him talk about it before the game than to to see it play out like that. So um there's that. I want to say this though. I feel like Nick Smith Jr. might be in line for a big game against UConn. I mean, uh, after putting up a nothing burger against Kansas, you know, as I mentioned, probably disappointed uh, in his individual performance. You know, it's hard to be super disappointed when your team is advancing to the Sweet 16 with a win like that. I I just feel like if there's ever a time for Nick Smith Jr. to come out and just put on a show and play, you know, with a chip on his shoulder – it's this UConn game, right? I mean, like, are you getting that vibe too? Oh, yeah. I mean, there's only so long that Nick Smith is going to go without having a big game. And, you know, he kind of struggled a little bit against Illinois too. I mean, he started out strong early and then kind of quiet off for the rest of the game. Um, did nothing offensively against uh, Kansas. So I think – having back-to-back games in March where Nick Smith hasn't done anything so far and knowing the kind of mindset he has, knowing the skill set that he has and, and and the killer mentality that he does have where he's just going to take whatever shot he wants when he wants, you know, he's going to – I think he's going to have a big game against UConn, just personally. I, I agree with you. All right. Uh, before we transition into uh, fully breaking down UConn, want to remind you about our friends at Bet Saracen. Bet Saracen, the mobile sports gambling app for the Saracen Casino Resort. 
Use Bet Saracen to get the Arkansas player props. They also have the specials. They've been doing these double R specials that some of them are really good. Um, some of them are not really good, but that's why the odds are very boosted on them. But uh, Bet Saracen, they have a lot of really cool stuff that you can get for Arkansas games that you won't get anywhere else because it is in state. Uh, they they focus on the Razorbacks, so make sure you download Bet Saracen. Get all of those cool uh, specials, player props, everything over at Bet Saracen. Download the app on the Google Play Store or the Apple Store uh, app store today. All right, this UConn team, we're going to have a lot of coverage over at hogbeat.com. We've already got some. We've got uh, Behind the Enemy Lines with a writer from UConn Report. That's the Rivals website covering UConn. We've got what to know about the UConn Huskies. We're going to have scouting report uh, coming later. But let's let's just look at this team. You mentioned Sonogo earlier. Uh, he's the guy. He's that guy. They also have the guard Jordan Hawkins, who averages 16 points a game. Tristan Newton, a senior point guard. Andre Jackson, junior uh, guard. And then Caravan, Alex Caravan. He rounds out the projected starting five. But this is a good UConn team. Uh, they're I think they're top ten in assists. They're number six. They finished the regular season sixth in assists, uh, top fifteen in rebounds per game, top twenty in blocks per game. Uh, they're top forty in both scoring offense and scoring defense. Like this is a really good UConn team. They have a win uh, over Alabama. They do have a loss to St. John's. Mike Anderson, well, formerly St. John's and Mike Anderson, no longer. Uh, but uh, that. You know they they've got some big wins. They have some interesting losses. If you if you look at common opponents that UConn and Arkansas have both played, UConn has a win over Alabama. They have a win over Florida, and they have a win over Creighton. So Arkansas beat Florida, lost to Alabama both times, and lost to Creighton at the Maui Invitational. So, uh, yeah, we we kind of talked about it earlier on in the episode, but just general thoughts of UConn Jackson. Something's got to give. Um, UConn's pretty good three-point shooting team. Arkansas's a really good three-point defensive team. Uh, UConn's a really good rebounding team. Arkansas kind of allows a good amount of rebounds. Um, you know, Arkansas typically holds opponents or recently has held opponents to lower scoring totals. I mean, they've been iffy uh, throughout the season, but recently has been better about defense. And UConn is very efficient with their offense. They score a lot. Uh, they they assist, like you said they assist on a lot of a lot of uh, made baskets and they move the ball really well they're just really efficient in how they do things so as far as looking at it from a team versus team perspective you know something has to give I tend to lean toward uh, towards you know Arkansas mainly because I think their defense is playing so well right now something has clicked uh, for the defense to just be playing as well as it is. We saw it against Kansas. We saw it against Illinois where they're pushing teams through the the end of the shot clock. They're forcing bad shots. I mean, even against Kansas, there are a couple of shots or more than a couple, but one that sticks out where shot clock's expiring and they shoot a nearly half court shot that just happens to go in. Sometimes you get unlucky like that, but you know, in general, uh, Arkansas has been so good defensively. I don't think Connecticut scores their 78, 79 points, like whatever their average is. I don't think they score that much. I don't think they shoot their 36% uh, from three-point line. I don't think um, they'll assist as much as they normally do because Arkansas is going to make them work a lot harder. But you look at all that, you know, UConn's also a good defensive team too, and Arkansas typically struggles offensively. So you got to look at, will Nick Smith step up and have the game of his life like we kind of think he might? 
Um, if that happens, great. That'll really bode well for Arkansas. If not, I think Arkansas does struggle offensively. Uh, I think Arkansas really need to try to get to the paint again and try to get Sonogo into foul trouble and keep attacking and get into the free throw line. They'll need to make their free throws like they have the first two games of the NCAA tournament um, and all that that good stuff. But, you know, looking at it just as a matchup, I think it favors Arkansas just based on how their defense has played so far. Yeah, no, I mean, I feel the same way. And I, I, I so I always do this thing where, you know, I, I do like an in-depth breakdown of the stats, the metrics, efficiency ratings, like, and and after I do that, I'm able to, you know, formulate an opinion of how I think Arkansas stacks up against a team. And I think they stack up well against UConn. You know, it, it seems to me, and I haven't watched a whole lot of UConn basketball, it seems to me like, you know, they're a slower team that likes to, you know, set the pace of the game the way that they want it. And that I think that that bodes well for Arkansas, kind of like you said, like Arkansas, when they get teams uncomfortable and playing a pace of play that they don't want to play like that's that's what is going to bode well for Arkansas. They did that against Illinois to an extent. They did it against Kansas, and I think they can do it against UConn as well. I, I you know, I kind of worry a little bit about, uh, you know, how is Arkansas going to be able to stop Sonogo? Uh, are they going to focus too much on stopping him, and that's going to lead to the the UConn guards, you know, having a little bit of success? Uh, that's a, a a potential thing that could happen. But I think that Arkansas, um, I I just I think Arkansas is going to. I I look at it this way. Look at look at the U, the Illinois and the Kansas games. That you're talking about a Big Ten team and a Big Twelve team. You know, two conferences that you know are known for having good basketball teams, right? And the Big East, also known for having good basketball teams. But does it feel like the SEC this year is just on a different level? You know, I feel like the SEC set Arkansas up for success, playing against teams like Alabama, playing against teams like Tennessee. Uh, I think that when when Arkansas and, and Alabama and these other teams run into these teams from other conferences, it, they're just like – they're so much more prepared because of the competition they've played so far. And I think that that's going to help Arkansas against a a team like UConn. Like you, you feel that way, Jackson? Absolutely. I think the physicality in the sec, especially one thing we've seen with Tennessee during their run, you know, Duke players were talking all about how physical Tennessee was and the Dusty May, the Florida Atlantic coach who's going to go up against Tennessee in the Sweet 16 was talking about, oh, well, we're going to review Australian rugby rules for this matchup against Tennessee. Um, Same thing with Alabama. You look at their front court. They have Bediaco. They have Miller. They have Clowney. They have this massive front court, and it's also pretty physical, but they also shoot the three ball really well. They also rebound really well. So, like, you take all these teams, even Missouri, um, who got knocked out of the tournament, like, still pretty physical plays a really fast brand of basketball too. So like uh, versus Tennessee plays fairly slow. So like Arkansas has seen different physicalities, different paces of play uh, against tournament teams. Um, I think that bodes really well for them. As far as a specific matchup, I think two stats are really important and will really determine the game. Uh, And that's how many turnovers Arkansas can force and how many second chance points uh, Connecticut uh, gets. If Arkansas forces 12 to 14 uh, plus turnovers and and can score off of them in transition, I think that bodes really well for Arkansas. But if they allow offensive rebounds, if they allow second chance points, um, you know, as good of a rebounding team as UConn is and as much of a presence as Sonogo is, that can be pretty troubling. 
All right, official prediction, Jackson. I, I think I'm going I, – I already did this with UConnReport.com. My official prediction is Arkansas 68, UConn 64. I'm picking the Hogs to win. Um, That's what I'm going with, man. I, I, I don't really know what else to say. I've, I've given my opinion on the game. So I, I'm kind of throwing this on you. I don't know if you have a score <clears throat> in your head yet. I, I didn't have a score in my head. So full transparency, when I did my bracket – the one bracket. I don't do multiple brackets. I did my one bracket. I had Arkansas beating Kansas to go to the Sweet 16. And then I had Arkansas losing the UConn. Boom. But that was just building a bracket. So hmm. now that I've looked into it more and I can see the, the, the matchups and I've watched Arkansas play these two games in the NCAA tournament, I'm going to say Arkansas 71, UConn 67. All right. There you go. Do you like – so if Arkansas advances, do you like the matchup in the Elite Eight with what, whichever team they would be playing? I haven't even looked that far ahead, honestly. I'm on vacation. So I've, I've been dealing with some transfer portal stuff and hanging out in Ann Arbor. I think it would be the winner of Gonzaga and UCLA. Oh, no, you're right. That is right because we could have another uh, Arkansas-Gonzaga matchup. Uh, yeah, it would, it would be the winner of Gonzaga-UCLA, and they would play on Saturday. You know, I think I would not like either one of those matchups. <laughs> but if I had to choose one, I'd probably choose UCLA just because they're kind of snake-bitten with injuries right now. Really? I would think it would be Gonzaga because, I, I mean, it's like a team you've already seen before. I think that they're not as good as they were last year, you know, right? That's fair, and that Gonzaga isn't as good as they were last year, and that could be a good thing. But, I mean, UCLA is down their best defender, their best perimeter defender, and I think that – I mean, they still have some good perimeter defenders too, and they had a couple of guys with sprained ankles or something in, in the NCAA tournament. So I think Arkansas could potentially uh, benefit with their backcourt being able to penetrate and drive based on either lack of experience or some guys still struggling with, with injuries on the perimeter. All right, so basically you're saying you're rooting for injuries. I can neither confirm nor deny that statement. That is a really bad look for you, Jackson. That's awful. Uh, all right, let's wrap up the podcast here. I want to remind you about our friends at MyPerfectFranchise.net. Andy Ledecky, are you a displaced corporate executive or wanting to put your career in your own hands? We'll give Andy Ledecky a call. He is a franchise veteran. He's owned multiple franchises and businesses. He uses that expertise to help others find their American dream through a very thorough and free consultation process. Call Andy and put your life and career in your own hands, and it's 100% free. So what do you have to lose? You have nothing to lose. Give him a call. The number is 404-973-9901. That is 404-973-9901. Or you can visit myperfectfranchise.net. For more details. All right. Uh, Arkansas, Yukon, Thursday, 6.15 p.m. Central Time on CBS at T-Mobile Arena in Las Vegas. Vegas, baby. Vegas. It's exciting. If they win, they will play on Saturday. We just talked about it. Winner of UCLA, Gonzaga, will face the winner of Arkansas, Yukon. And if I mean hope, hopefully for the for the people listening to this podcast, like we can't take a stance for media, but hopefully for the people uh, listening to this podcast, we will be talking about a team that is still alive in the NCAA tournament next week on the Hardwood Hogs podcast.